We turn this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 16, a man anointed by God. And if we ever needed men and women anointed by God, it would be in the day in which we live today. We see the anointing of David as king. God used him in a marvelous way. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to begin reading at verse 6 and read through verse 13. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we are grateful on this Father's Day for your desire to use us as men. And Father, we pray that you would indeed fill us too with your Spirit as you filled David with your Spirit that day. Lord, we come as needy people today. We need your grace and mercy. We need your forgiveness. We need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, to consecrate us, to set us apart for you. And we need the power of your Spirit, O God, to come down upon us, to give us, O God, all that we need to be the kind of fathers, Lord, that you would have us to be. So teach us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a group of pastors gathered together for planning an evangelistic series of meetings. And someone suggested that they invite the well-known D.L. Moody to be the speaker. The pastors discussed the suggestion and several spoke in favor of Moody. And then there was one young preacher who wasn't in favor of asking him and he stood up and And with a note of sarcasm said, from the way some of you think, or the way some of you talk, you'd think Mr. Moody has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. And the room became very quiet. And then another pastor said, no, Mr. Moody doesn't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does have a monopoly on Mr. Moody. 
What we need today is men who are filled with the Spirit. Men who are controlled by the Spirit of God. And we see an example of that in the life of David. God anointed him. God came to him in great power. And and God used David in a marvelous way. David truly was a man who was anointed by God. Three things to note about a man anointed by God. First of all, notice the need. The desperate need for a man anointed by God. Saul began as the first king of Israel, and at least at the beginning, he was a great leader. If you read in 1 Samuel chapters 10 and 11, you will see that he was a humble man. He was a man who was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and when he became king, things looked good for Israel. But as time went on, Saul ran into problems with the Lord. 1 Samuel 13 says that he acted foolishly by assuming the office of the priest when God hadn't called him to be a priest. 1 Samuel 15 says that Saul was told by God to completely destroy the Amalekites, sparing nothing, and he didn't do that. He didn't obey God. And that's why when we come to verse 1 of our text, it says that God had rejected him from being king over Israel. There was a crisis of leadership in Israel, and so God had to anoint someone else who would obey him. I was thinking about our day today. Would it be correct to say that there is a crisis of leadership in our nation today? There's a crisis of leadership in government. That seems to be very obvious. Hardly a week goes by without some other scandal surfacing in our country. A crisis of leadership in the church today. Church leaders who say that homosexuality is normal. Church leaders who say that that Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. And the list goes on and on and on. As we think of this Father's Day, is there a crisis of leadership in the family? Are there many children today growing up in homes where fathers and mothers don't know Jesus? Yes, indeed, there is a crisis of leadership today. And there's only one way that that crisis will be solved, and that's when people come to know Jesus and are filled with the power of God, as David was. We need men who are anointed by God to be the leaders that God has called them to be. Besides the need for a man anointed by God, what are the characteristics of a man anointed by God? When we think of a person that God uses, we often misunderstand how God works. We tend to think that he uses the one with great gifts and great abilities and great talents as if somehow God's work depended on men. Ever fall into that trap? We see someone gifted, talented. Oh, my. If, if they would just could say how oh, God could, could use a person like that. And, and that's what the prophet Samuel was thinking when he came to anoint a new leader from Jesse's sons. Notice what he looked for. Verse 6 says, When they entered, he looked at Eliab. And he thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. And according to verse 7, uh, he was looking at things like his appearance. 
And evidently how tall he was, because verse 7 says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature. God has not chosen this one. And Jesse evidently thought the same as the father of these boys. Verse 8, Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And the Lord says, No, the Lord has not chosen this one. And he called Shammah, and he passed before him. The Lord has not chosen this one either. Seven sons he brought before Samuel. And Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel had been called by God to anoint one of the sons of Jesse. And so Samuel said, Is this all the the children you have? Oh no, we've got another one. He's the youngest. He's taking care of the sheep. But in Jesse's mind, it certainly couldn't be David that God was was calling. It had to be one of the other boys because uh, they seemed to be much more gifted. They were were, uh, taller guys. They were talented young men. Could it have really been David? But when David is brought before Samuel, notice what the Lord said in verse 12. The Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Others may have seen just a shepherd boy, but God saw a king, as someone put it. If you look at verse 7, you get an idea why God chose David. The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's why Samuel had told Saul a little earlier in 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, the Lord has sought out for himself a man man after his own heart. So it's not the outside. It's not the gifts and ability. God looks at the heart. And I was thinking of that as I sat there in our annual conference and, and looking at the various pastors All kinds of uh, shapes and sizes. And (laughs) if you're looking for good looking men, well, a lot of us probably wouldn't qualify. Not the most looking chap in the building. But you know, God looks at the heart. We look at the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. and, And David was a man after God's own heart. As you examine God's work on behalf of His people, you notice something interesting. Whenever God was about to do something great among His people, He first called them to prepare themselves, to consecrate themselves. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. When the law was given in Exodus chapter 19, the Lord also said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today. Let them wash their garments Let them be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai. The miraculous supply of quail, Numbers 11, verse 18, Say to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow God will come down and do a great work among them. And they had so much quail, three feet deep, for a day's journey in both directions. That's a lot. It's even more, more than the geese we have in the Twin Cities, huh? All the, 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 the quail. Crossing the Jordan. Joshua 3, verse 5, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves. 
Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And we see the same thing with the anointing of David in verse 5. When Samuel came, he said, consecrate yourselves. And come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So whenever God was going to do something great, He first called upon His people to consecrate themselves. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, Paul says, Therefore, if a man cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. God wants to work through a clean vessel. And we can be grateful that we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And when we are cleansed by His blood, then we are a vessel that is usable for the Master. Set apart. Prepared for every good work. Sometimes I wonder if we are more concerned about being happy than we are about being holy, huh? Useful to Jesus. Notice thirdly, then, the results of a man anointed by God. What does God do when He anoints His people? How does He use them? When God anoints a man, He always empowers him with His Spirit. And we see that in the life of David in verse 13. It says that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And as David was anointed and filled with the Spirit of God, it was evident in the way that he lived. God used him in such a way that people saw that here was a man that had been anointed by God. Verse 15 through 17 describes how an evil spirit came to Saul and terrorized him. They were looking for someone that could help Saul in this difficult time. And, and so someone mentioned David. There is this David, this, this one who, who plays the harp. In verse, 15, or verse 18, one of the young men said this about David. Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who was a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, And a handsome man, and then this last phrase, and the Lord is with him. There was evidence of God's work in his life because people saw David and said, here is a man whom God is with him. God is working in his life. And will there not be evidence in our lives when the Spirit of God is filling us? There is transformation taking place. There is change in our lives. We live differently from the way the world lives when we are filled with the Spirit. If you look at the rest of the chapter, maybe you're looking for some uh, supernatural fire from heaven results of the, the Spirit's filling in David's life. But it's very interesting to notice that the evidence we see in this chapter is that of submission. A submissive spirit. When David was called to go to the palace and serve King Saul, he humbly obeyed, we find in the last few verses of the chapter. And mind you, this was after David had been anointed as the next king. He could have said, I'm not going to do that. I'm the king. huh?" And yet we see that attitude of 
of, of, of submitting to, to Saul and, and serving him. And even, even when Saul was, was uh, mean to him, tried to kill him, David still submitted to this man. Had opportunity to take his life. And remember how David said, I will not touch God's anointed. Submission is evidence that God is working in our lives. Ephesians chapter 5 gives us this description of being filled with the Spirit. Paul says in verse 18, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on to give some characteristics of that. What is it? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting ourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. There's the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit. There's joy, there's singing, there's thanksgiving, and then there's this attitude of submission. And then Paul illustrates that in many ways. Wives to husbands and husbands and children and fathers and slaves and masters. <laughs> submission to one another. And not just submission to one another, but submission to God. Submission to His plan for our lives. David had to wait a fairly lengthy period of time between his anointing as king and actually being crowned as king. And even though he had opportunity to take over the throne of Saul and to kill him, David waited for God's timing. David was submissive to the will of God. Do you need the anointing of God in your life? Well, I realize I do. I need the power of God's Spirit working in me and through me. God, use me. God, fill me. God, make me a vessel that, that you can use for your glory and your honor. We flew back yesterday from Seattle on a Boeing 737 that was, according to the pilot, three weeks old. Nice new plane. And every time I fly and you're going from the terminal out to the runway, it just really strikes me the weight of that aircraft. It's just like, wow, this, this is a big plane. 180 people on there. Luggage for all the women that were on the plane. Uh, jet fuel to get from uh, Seattle to Minneapolis. That, that was weight. But boy, I'll tell you, when those engines start revving up, your back is pushed against the seat and you take off, you realize there's, there's power in those engines. Without those engines, that plane wasn't going to go anywhere. And I thought of what Jesus said, apart from me, in John 15, you can do nothing. You are helpless without me. And we need to realize that when it comes to the Christian life, when it comes to living for Jesus, we are dependent upon the power of God's Spirit. And if we try to approach ministry or Christian living in the power of the flesh, <laughs> it ain't going to work. We need to be filled with the Spirit. 
anointed by God to be used for His honor and His glory. We need to begin every day, Lord, cleanse me from my sin, that I might be a vessel that is fit for You. And Lord, fill me with Your Spirit, that You might work through me. Empower me to be that light and that salt in this world. Empower me, Lord, to to open my mouth when the opportunity comes. Empower me to say no to those temptations that come my way. Empower me to be the kind of father, the kind of mother, the kind of child, the kind of employee, the kind of employer that God would have us to be. We need men and women anointed by God. When God fills you with His Spirit... Your life will be different. The world will see that it is Jesus that is transforming you into His image from glory to glory by the power of His Spirit. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we need Your anointing today. We need to be filled with Your Spirit as David was. And You used him, O God, in a marvelous way as a king of Israel as a writer of Scripture, as he wrote those psalms that we experience, that we read today. Oh God, use us as vessels for your glory and for your honor. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.